When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Talking Real Money is brought to you today with limited commercial interruptions by Tom and Don and Bernie Madoff, too. Yes, Bernie Madoff, starring in The Monster of Wall Street on Netflix. Don't don't make out, make off. Make Make off, pardon me. No, don't make... You know, you can't, it doesn't work. Don't make off, make, make in, make over. I was thinking don't make out, make Make off, off, but but it's made off. Yeah, but I do think that they should rename the Ponzi scheme because nobody Ponzi better. Well, yeah. No, because it's a made off scheme. It sounds better. Ponzi just sounds kind of what what's you know it's a made off scheme. In other words, he made off with your money. He made off with the money. Yeah, it does. It does work. It has a certain ring to it. Hello, everyone. I'm Don. That guy over there is Tom. Was he not here last week? <laughs> I, I didn't remember you weren't here. That's I, what he said I, when we were talking I, about the I, show. I, was he here? Oh, I, I, I you know sometimes I just don't notice. Meaningful, very meaningful. Yeah. Yes. Um. So he's here, and I'm here. That makes two of yeah. us. And hopefully you'll be three of us when you call us at 855-935-8255. 855-935-TALK. And now. we're going to throw in a free t-shirt. No, we are not. T-shirt. No. Oh, oh, wait. Are wait, we? Let me, let me restate that. No. See, I refuse to bribe people, people. People love the shirts. They love Although I did, I did cut my finger. Uh, with a with in the I, I have not gone back to listen. To and, I got to go back. And, and I got to tell you, that is a super absorbent T-shirt. It does staunch the blood. It just jam sh- right into the wound yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, yeah, no. be great. No, those who listen, maybe two we weeks should ago, dedicate. You know no, it's not even it, funny. Yeah. It's not even funny. I wasn't. I'm not going to say it. I was going to say right. they Please might be don't. great in a war zone, but no, we have a war. Yeah, it's sad. Okay, yeah. if we didn't have a war, it would be funnier, but it's not. There's always a war somewhere. Yeah, I guess. Um, so call us eight five five nine three five eight two five five before you find yourself the victim of a too good to be true investment concept of some sort. And folks, they still exist. Oh, a lot of them. They exist. Many, and, many, and, many, and, many, many. And here's the thing. We're going to talk a little bit about a show that Tom and I started watching in the past week. That apparently we're not the only one. It's like the number three show on Netflix. Well, you finished it, you said. I finished it because I, I knew I was going to be talking about it today. I stayed up late and oh. watched it. I had to finish it. And, of course, who we are talking about is the, the premier Ponzi schemer. Of all time, or now Madoff schemer of all time, Bernie Madoff. And we're going to talk a little bit about... He doesn't deserve as much credit as he gets. They keep turning it into a $60 billion Ponzi scheme. It was like $18 billion. 19. Let's get it right. 19. 19. But but, still a lot of money. still, that's a lot of money. I mean, Charles Ponzi was a piker by comparison, even adjusted for inflation. So it's a lot of money. But anyway, it's harder harder to run all those stamps. That's a lot. lot at the very the end the of the show, 
someone posed the question to a former SEC, I think it was an SEC investigator. The question was, could a Madoff scheme happen again? And the answer was, not only can it, it will. Oh, for sure. It will. And that's why we are addressing this 14-year-old scandal on today's program. Yeah, do the math. 14 and a half years. 2008. Yeah. We're getting old. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it was been been around for several decades. Oh, it had been around for like 30 years. 40 years. Yeah, I know. It's crazy how long. I did not. I watched this documentary. I did not. Now, there'll be a few spoilers here, but come on. You know what happened. He stole people's money. He went to jail. He He died in jail. He died in jail, which he was going to do no matter what age he lived till. That's a good point. Uh, But the reason we're talking about it is because this, even on a smaller scale, happens every single day in this world. Somebody out there tells you there is a way to get something you desperately want and you refuse to believe you can't have. And that is something for nothing. Wealth without risk, a high return with no downside whatsoever. It was so fascinating. In the show, the son of one of the guys who was conned was a very bright money manager in his own right. And he told his son when he was growing up, son, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. And the son said, and even my father who preached this adage fell for Bernie. Yeah, I'm, it, and what you said is exactly right. We all want to believe something that isn't true, right? We've talked about this before. You know, one pill to lose weight, you know, yeah, but a we, quick makeover to be 30 years younger. I mean, all but the things. ultimate but, one, though, is wealth without risk. It yeah, really is. And, and, and it generally comes with the guarantee, because that's what the insurance agencies sell you, right? The right. Guarantee. Guarantee. Which it doesn't turn out that way. But, okay, that totally agreeing with you there but I'm, i will argue because they say well my goodness how could this ever been prevented there is one way you the people could be prevented the from people for it. number one you lovely people, people out there people those, those are, those are, are the people who come those are the people who come before the other people they're the people <laughs> the big bad purple people, people eaters uh have a third party custodian okay but let me challenge you a little on that one just a tiny okay. tiny bit because yeah. Bernie Madoff, in, in many ways, was just a little different because he did have, and and you have to understand that the, the public doesn't un, doesn't understand I the agree. difference yep. between a a brokerage firm and an investment advisory firm and custody because they they knew Bernie Madoff as the guy who basically founded the Nasdaq yeah. was chairman he of the was Nasdaq right the came beginning. up with mm-hmm. the idea of computerizing over the counter stocks. He had his own major investment firm, brokerage firm. He was a broker-dealer. He was registered as a broker-dealer. He just wasn't registered as an investment advisor, well, at least initially. So people, I can see where they would have gotten gotten yeah, confused. Confusing. And yep, that's, why, that's why I say it's not even custody isn't necessarily the answer. The answer is you have to stop suspending disbelief. That's yeah, a there's that. And, and I mean, what couple of the other easy ones, though, he, there was no you could never access online your account. Eh, that's kind of really well, in today's uh, world, even yeah. in 14 years ago. Yeah, but in, in the 90s, yeah. 
Okay, but go number ahead. three for me, yeah. affinity fraud. Because a lot of the people were of a certain religious persuasion. They believed Bernie because he was at the country club. Watch out for that. Well, it was affinity fraud in a number of other ways, too. It wasn't just religion. It was people who hung out, rich people who hung out together spreading the word. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. So, Tom. Madoff. Yes. The monster of Wall Street. Worth watching? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Roger. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a very I think it's a very well done show. Number two, I'd already read a book on it and I think watched the who was the famous actor who played him on HBO. That, De Niro? That piece. Yeah, De Niro, which was very good. This is the best. Because they intersperse actual interviews, depositions of Bernie with an actor, and they tell the story in a way, frankly, this time. I understand it better, and I thought I knew it pretty I, doggone well. I have to give yes, I totally agree with you because I didn't. Re, I didn't know all of the back, back, back story. There was yeah. a lot more depth to this. His than, father-in-law basically got him. I mean, his old his father-in-law's old accounting practices where the first four hundred fifty million bucks came from. I and I have to tell you, I love listening to and reading Andrew Ross Sorkin. That young man, he's a and genius. I can say young, yeah, he, he is, is a genius. Oh, I yeah. mean, all you have to do is watch Billions and go, "Whoa, his yeah. writing is yeah. good." I mean, yeah, it's Billions very, very is good. brilliant yeah. writing. Great storyteller, knows the business obviously very, very well, and tells it in a way that I think everybody can understand. Yeah, I think it's worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. All right, eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number. If you need some help with your money, if you'd like to avoid being ripped off, if you just don't know what you should be doing, give us a call. We will do our best to help you, and um, we'll tell you the truth. Nancy, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Thank you. Um, I My question is about the 529 plans. I have two grandchildren, ages 7 and 11. I started the Utah plan at their birth using the Utah plan, and the fund is Vanguard Institutional Index. My question is your advice on should we stay the course? Are the fees acceptable? Should we change to the total U.S. stock market index? And will the funds stay invested for post-college education? Yeah, those are great questions, Nancy. Um, We are believers in the 529 plan, if you will. It's a good way to save for uh for grandkids and kids educations and the utah plan is a very fine plan the costs are very low they use inexpensive mutual funds here's the one change i would make with grandkids of seven and eleven because college is going to come believe it or not sooner than you think i would the change i would make would go into the age-based program because right now you're all in stock so for example if the 11-year-old at age 16, the market went down by 30%, now you have 30% less money to uh, help that child, that grandchild. So with the age-based program, what they do is they sort of slowly reduce. They're going to glide path down to less risk so the assets are more stable when they're taken out. I think your other question is, will it continue to be invested after the uh, the age of the, the 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 beneficiary is of college age. Yes, they will. Con- they won't take it all out of the market. It'll stay there. And if that grandchild does not use the money, it could be passed on to the seven year old grandchild or someone else in the family. 
Yeah, it's going to get a little bit more conservative as it yeah, uh, as right. it moves closer to the time. And their age-based funds, even though they have one thing in there that I could pass on. Which is what? The PIMCO Interest Income Fund for Safety. Yeah. but. But it's not a very big percentage. Um, they have Vanguard for everything else. Basically, they have the institutional total stock index fund, just like you have. They have the total international stock. They have well, the she total... only has U.S. stocks, right? She only has the, so she has this will give her international index. exposure too, which yeah. is great. And then they'll go more toward bond and cash as it gets closer to the time when it'll be used. I think it makes a sense for basically, I, that's how my kids and grandkids have been in there because I don't want to get up and manage all that money in addition to the other money we already managed. So that one's on uh, kind of the regular glide path, and I think it's a great way to go. Yeah, and, and just looking at the funds, just so everyone knows, uh, when you get to, uh, when, a, when an 11-year-old is getting ready to go to college. the Wait, port- don't tell me. What? Don't tell, you're going to tell me the stock to bond ratio? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was, I was going to guess. You. I was going to guess at age 11, uh huh. I'll say 70% stocks, 30% bonds. 55, 45. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. So there's more, more cash. There's more cash. 855 935 talk. 855 935 8255. Nancy, thanks for calling. And Jason, it's your turn. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Hey, I enjoy your show. I uh, found Thank out you. about it on the Clark Howard show, and I enjoy it. And finally, had a, I thought it'd be fun to call in with a question I just came up with this year. We're, we're um, glad you did. My wife and I, yeah, my wife and I have been contributing to Roth IRAs for, I don't know, many years. And uh, this year, late in the year, um, she got a large bonus that put us over that, that income level. And I'd, I'd heard of a backdoor Roth, so um, I reached out. We do it with Vanguard, mm-hmm. and we do the biweekly. We have money put in there. So I called them to do that, and they did a, uh, a reclassification and then converted our mine into uh, back into the Roth via the backdoor. They said something about some of that had to be done um before the end of the year in order to be on last year's. I don't know if that was just for the conversion or what. I had one more contribution to make for that one. So that one I did, but then I guess the bigger part of my question is my, my wife, she's already got a she's already got a traditional IRA. We rolled over from a plan that was in Merrill Lynch, pretty high cost, so we moved it into that, but that bumps us up with that pro rata rule. So I'm not exactly. Sure that's the thing you got to pay attention to. Yeah, the pro rata. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's gets where it gets yeah. messy because yeah, if you so have wonder- an individual retirement account and you want to do a backdoor Roth, which is basically mo- putting money into an individual retirement account and then immediately moving it over to the Roth, if you have the IRA, as you correctly point out, Jason, you're going to have to move a percentage of that as well and pay the tax on right. it. Right. You're aware of that. That's why I, I I didn't do that. I did I did mine right away because I didn't have a, a traditional IRA. I have a a four fifty seven plan at at work. Um, I'm also at the Wisconsin Retirement System, so we've got we've got that. And then um, she's got a four hundred one k at work, um, but that's pretty high fee too. It's with principal. Yeah, it is. And uh, right. they've got they've yeah they've got they've got high fees. The nice thing is our employer puts in the the match whether she puts into it or not. So we kind of 
max out my 457 plan at work so we can get at that a little earlier. I'm, I'm older, and, and I think you can get at that earlier, and it's low-cost um, plan there. So I don't really want to roll hers into that. Well, you don't have to roll all of hers. She has, I don't think, because the feet. No, you yeah, don't have, I'd to... have to roll all of that. Uh... Oh, go ahead. no, you don't have to roll all of her IRA. You have to roll a portion of her IRA over into the Roth. And you might want to just sit down and do a little tax calculation and see what kind of bracket creep that causes for you. If it doesn't cause any bracket creep, it might be worth doing and just paying that, that tax on that because then you get more money in a Roth growing tax-free. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Indeed we are, and we want to be talking about real money with you because you are why we do this. This has been our mission. This is our quest to follow that star no matter – oh, wait, wrong, wrong, wrong speech. Uh, no, to find to find the grail. The grail. We're seeking the grail. The grail. You know, in fact, I, I think I – there was <laughs> something you doing in, the, now? <laughs> in the Madoff thing where it said, it said people were looking for the grail. The, found the, the yeah. holy grail of money making, you know, where you never lose any money. Good old Harry Mark Markopoulos. Gosh, you yeah. gotta love you know, Harry. Comes along and yeah, you gotta watch it. You just need to watch it. No, no, I, I've watched half of Not it. Not you. Two more to go. I'm talking oh, to the everybody call. else. Oh. You notice I, okay. I turned away from you to right look at the callers. I, I went like that. I'm looking yeah. that way. The, the call. It. You're there to the right slightly. The callers are straight ahead. Or the listeners, they're right there. It's hard to tell on the radio, isn't it? Eight five five nine three five talk. That's the phone number. Eric, it's your turn. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, thank you for uh, everything you do. Really appreciate the show. Love the uh, love the podcast as well. Um, I, I actually watched all of Bernie Madoff, so I, I kind of uh, just crammed it all in. That was a great Netflix show. Well, well done. And and I, I didn't know they could do another movie or show or series and and help me understand more of it. But they really did give more insight. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it was um, a great show. We're with you there. Yeah. yeah. I was I watched it over really two good. nights. I don't think I could have done four hours straight. I I I, I, I know my wife couldn't because she was nodding off. He's like, <laughs> honey, <laughs> did honey. they get him? No, not yet. No, wake him up, wake him up. <laughs> so uh, speaking, I mean, this isn't a Bernie Madoff thing, but I guess I just want your opinion. Typically, I invest like you guys recommend with you know VT and and VTI and VXUS and VBR and, and BND, but. I found this, and I, I, I don't know if it's just a hobby or a bad hobby of mine, but I, I found this ETF yeah. that, um, well, the market did terrible last year. It performed well. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's through the use of call writing. Yeah. And the, the fund kind of yeah. aims mm. to provide investors with exposure to equity return with less volatility, all that jazz. But usually I find these and they fall apart somewhere. This one, and it's only they say they've been doing it for ten years, but the last two and a half they seem they've turned it into an ETF wrapper, and they mm. they seem to have done decent. I just wanted your opinion. I haven't sure. invested. Give me the name. I'm not invested in it now. But what's I've, the ticker? Okay, it's uh, it's S I X H S I X H, and it's uh, whoa. It's, I think it's only got maybe whoa three hundred million in the fund. It's the yeah, nope. this this name is great. The ETC Six Meridian Hedge Equity Index Option Strategy ETF. 
I feel like we've talked about this before yep. for some I reason. I think it was that, another that one. Ticker. I think it was another one. Hmm. I think it was something similar. Uh, but it hmm. is, let's see. I, you know, I, no, this is the first time I've looked at this one. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember looking at this before. Uh, big, not a, Actually, you know, given the complexity of what they do, the expense ratio isn't ridiculous. Which is what? 0.84. It's not good, but it's not terrible. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's not terrible. Mm, not terrible? No, for what they're doing. There's a lot of work. This is a very oh, busy, busy that. fund. They're doing a lot of stuff. The problem is they don't have a lot of history doing it. The other problem, and, and are they doing call writing? I'm not sure what they're doing. Call it's, options, it says. A, so, yeah, it's mm, against spy. Hmm. Okay, so they're writing. They're right. They're doing. They're doing covered calls. Is what they're doing. Yeah, basically. So with covered calls, let me just tell you what happens in down markets. You with a covered call strategy, you don't lose like you would with just owning the index. index Explain itself. why? Because you are getting some income coming in from the writing, the selling of the right to buy the stock yeah. to someone else. That's what a covered call is. When you sell a, a covered call is selling someone else the right, and this is for the whole audience, selling someone else the right to buy the stock from you at a slightly higher price at some date in the future. They're willing to so pay you a little right bit. you have to be right twice, though. You have to be right twice when no, you no, buy no, it and then make no, sure. covered, but that's the person buying the calls. Covered call yeah. writing is actually a relatively conservative strategy. Relatively conservative. But the problem with it is, yeah, it may help you out in down markets, but it hurts you in rising markets. It cannot, it is because it's constrained within a narrow price range, it can't do well on the upside. Tom and Don are talking real money. We're talking real money. You know how they talk about shrinkflation, how products are getting smaller? You know, they charge you the same price, yeah. but they're making them smaller so that they don't have to inflate it. Talking real money today is more program for the same low price. Fewer commercial interruptions, Ooh, same low price, which is zero. It's kind of, kind okay, of a Okay, and since you're you, – Okay. Yeah, and I, I wanna, do want to mention yes. one other thing. What? Because – go. Is yeah, it Hawaii? Please. No. Oh, because no. Jason – no, it's not Hawaii. No, um, I'm not going there when it's uh, raining in 44. Um, no, uh, because this came up earlier, I just want to mention one thing that I think is fairly substantial that I didn't even know until someone asked me a question about it. The Secure Act 2.0. Yeah. It's going to allow people, and I guess soon, you got to rewrite the plan, but allow people to take the employer contributions they get in their 401ks, et cetera, in Roth. That That's could, a big deal. It could be. It could be. Yeah. But do you have to make? No, your, I think it is. Why would you ever take a contribution? Yeah, that part I don't know. You have to plan a Roth. Yeah, we're gonna have to find that out. I also wanted to add before we go back to the phones a little primer. I just want to yes. finish my primer on covered call writing because it's talked about oh, good quite a bit, and people, I don't, I, I don't blame anyone for not getting it. It's a relatively simple concept. Let's say you own a share a, a, a round lot. You have to have a hundred shares minimum a round lot to sell one call. So let's say you have a hundred shares of a $20 stock and you want to sell someone a call option that expires in six months where they can buy the stock from you for 20, 
$2 or $25 a share. Let's use 25 Makes it easier. Okay. Makes the math easier. And they're going to give you 50 cents a share to get the to buy the right to buy the stock from you over the next six months at 25 That's saying they believe the stock is going to go up a lot, and it's going to make it worth their while to pay you 25 or $0.50. Cents. Now, that's not going to happen with a $25 stock. It's more likely with a $24 stock they're going to pay you the, the $0.50. Cents. But what it does is it limits when you sell that option, it limits your upside. If the stock goes to 35 you have to sell it. You must sell it to the person who has the option to buy it at $25. So you made $5.50 giving up a $15 profit that you could have made. Make sense? Again, when I hear this, yeah. yeah, it does make sense. But when I hear it, my question to you is, should our listening audience be doing this? Or no, should just they shouldn't be doing, be doing it, but this is what people do, what professionals yeah. do. And, and and what you okay. get out of it is if the stock drops to $19.50, you didn't lose any money. You got yet. the interest or the. Right. Right. You yeah. got that. Okay. 855 935 Talk is our phone number. Evan, it's your turn. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Yeah. Good afternoon. My question is I didn't understand you were talking uh, backdoor Roths and IRAs. Could you explain what you mean by backdoor? Yeah, okay, so an individual retirement account, or IRA, is money that goes, it's a qualified account, right? This is money you put into, you, you put money into an IRA and generally get a tax deduction for that. And it grows tax-deferred, not tax-free. In other words, at some point, that money has to come out and you have to pay tax on it. Versus a Roth, which is money you've already paid tax on, it goes in post-tax and then grows tax-free. So there's a lot of advantages to having money in Roth because then when you retire, you can pull money out of the Roth with no taxes. The backdoor Roth is a way to kind of, and I don't know how much longer it's going to exist. Well, it exists because people are limited. Some, If you have a higher income, you at some point you can't Correct. contribute to about a Roth 200, anymore. About, yeah. about 200000 depending. At about 200000 a couple. For, right. for an individual, it's, I think, one fifty something like that. So you can no longer directly contribute to the Roth IRA at that point. How people get around that is they put money into an IRA. A non-deductible IRA. Immediately, a non-deductible, non-deductible IRA. IRA and, thank you. And then they immediately move it over to the Roth. But here's the catch. If you already have money in an IRA, that was the question that came up with Jason, then you have to move a certain amount of that pro rata from the IRA to the Roth and pay the tax on it. In other right. words, because that's just like income. So it's a great trick, but if you have a substantial individual retirement account, it doesn't really work. And again, as I mentioned, this is one of those things that I think will go away at some point. I was surprised. I thought Secure Act 2.0 would get rid of it because it comes up because it's kind of a, for lack of a better expression, a rich man's trick in some ways, because if you're rich and you make $200,000 a year, you can't put money in a Roth, and now you can. So it's that. does that help, Evan? Yes, I think that answered my question. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you calling. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And I'm glad you say that, because really, this is a backdoor Roth is not something that anybody who makes less than six figures is ever going to want to do there's no reason 
It would make no, no sense. There's none. So there, exactly. So th- again, this is for higher earners, I guess, in today's world. I use it because I don't have an IRA. My wife's IRA, we moved entirely from a IRA to her Roth a few years ago. So now we can both do a backdoor, backdoor Roth every year. And again, how long it lasts, I don't know. I mean, and back to kind of retirement savings, I still think, I think I've said this before, that the government should get rid of all pre-tax savings and make everything Roth. Collect their tax, move on. It's easier. Do it in a 401ks too. It's gone. Move it into the Roth. Pay the tax, move on with your life. It's simpler. Yeah. And by the way, then you'd have no simpler. RMDs because you'd already paid the tax on it. Yeah. What do it, they care? It, it, it's a lot simpler. I, I wouldn't like it's it just as easier. much because oh. my income now has gone up and it'll go right back down again in the future. So I want the deduction yeah. oh, now because uh, I'll yeah. be in no, a lower bracket later. Yeah. I know I'll be in a lower bracket Good later because, you know, I was an entrepreneur most of my life. I didn't save a lot of money. <laughs> Not enough. Yeah. So again, Not nearly but, enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, uh, so Evan, that's a, that's a great question. And again, as Don correctly points out, unless you make six figures, there's no reason to even think about a backdoor Roth. You should just be doing a Roth period. You know, this is, but this goes to the, to the, uh, the whole idea of this show and, and financial publications. This stuff is way more complicated sometimes than it needs to be. Particularly on a tax, from a tax standpoint. Then that's what I'm saying. If you just make everything Roth, everything everything should be simpler. Put the money in. Maybe it should just be everything gets more people to do it at a lower rate all the time. Eight five five nine three five. Talk. Call us. We'll talk about your money situation, your questions, your ideas. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do me a favor. Grab your latest investment statements if you know where they are. How many do you have? A lot? How many different investments are in each statement? A bunch? Do you own individual stocks, bonds, sector funds, and stuff you don't understand? Yeah, I thought so. I'm Don McDonald, and I'm pretty sure you have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, it's not terminal and can be cured. But it takes three things. A bit of time, some fiduciary guidance, and a plan. There's a problem, though. Most financial advisors can't or won't provide any of those. That's where we come in. Tom and I will provide you the help you need to overcome hodgepodgeitis in a free, no-obligation meeting with an Appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. So scan or take a picture of all those pages you gathered, then go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on Meet an Advisor, and set up a free appointment online or by phone when it's convenient for you. Let us sort through the mess and help you get started on a better, simpler future plan. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Ah, the things we talk about during these brief commercial interruptions. (laughs) And by the way, for those of you who don't listen to the podcast, you need to listen to yesterday's uh, January 6th podcast. No, Don doesn't say anything about January 6th, the January 6th you're thinking of. He talks, we had a guy who called in, of course, we're behind on the calls, called in about Don's picks for Christmas movies. It's worth hearing. I thought you came up with some great ideas. I came up with some great old, he said classics. He said classics. Funny thing about Uh though, him, he was, he was young. So for him, a classic is 1971. You know, my, I kind of go back. And I didn't know the, I didn't know the Scrooge from 1971. Was it? It was in the seventies. Bill Murray. That's not. That's not. Bill Murray. Mm, that's the eighties. That's the was 80s. it the eighties? Oh, I thought it was the late seventies yeah. or. Something. He no. He said nineteen seventy one. I didn't know what he was referring to. But when he, he said, said that. Scrooge. You were. 
Which you were referring to, I think he said Scrooge, and you were referring to Bill Murray. I think that movie was made in the mid-1980s or something. Anyway, it's it's worth hearing. So, by the way, available at all of your favorite podcast services. So, download today. Okay. Um, Wow. There's There was one from 1970. Maybe that's it. I don't, I didn't know which one he referred to. So, I don't even know that one. Oh, it was Albert Finney's. Oh, good. Yeah, that is a good one. Oh, Albert yeah, Finney yeah, yeah. I forgot about so that's that. That's what one. he's referring to. That's the there one. You go. Albert Finney and what Alec year, Guinness. Look up Bill Murray. What year was that one? That was, I'm going to say like 86, 87, something yeah, in the late you're right, 80s, which I like he, too. He was uh, SNL. It was after so. SNL, yeah. I, I think that was a good one too. But uh, 88. Okay, I see. I okay, thought he said We're moving on from Christmas, by the way. We're moving on from Christmas. Okay, it's we're worth g- hearing. We're going to go to nice New Year's Eve is next here on Talking Real Money. Oh, no, no. I'm asleep by 9 no, o'clock, no. so don't worry. Uh, Rebecca's next, though. Next best okay, thing to New Year's me. Eve. Hey, Rebecca, sure. welcome to Talking Real Money. Hello. Thank you so much. Um, I do have a couple questions. I caught a tail end of one of your programs a couple weeks ago in terms of the fees, and I can't remember you listed, you know, these are the you know high-fee um, investment companies. So, for example, I use Stiefel. Are they one of those high-fee people, high-fee Well, they're a brokerage. Um, Talk for a so minute, So it's going to depend. Oh, well, no, yeah, I can look I mean, up their so, ADV Part 2. Yeah, I don't even know. If th- I know they have an RIA, but I also think they have are registered as a brokerage. Oh, they are. They're a dual they register. But this is the problem because okay. just say, are they more expensive? Well, it depends on your relationship with them. Some will just sell you products, collect a commission. That's that. Um, some will sell you products and 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 uh, collect the commission and then charge you for managing the money, which is outrageous. But it happens, and they'll do it in high expense mutual funds. The point of the matter, because I was the one who had this story, was that one out of five of us believes they're paying nothing, and unless you're managing stocks yeah. on your own, you're paying something. So uh, Don's looking up right. Stiefel right now, which is a very well known firm. The deal is, here's what we believe. We don't think you should work with anyone who charges commissions, period. Period. It creates a conflict of interest. It's generally more expensive, and usually the products are not as good as non-commissioned products. You know, no-load mutual funds, no-load uh, – falling over in his chair. Um, so so if Stiefel is using their RIA arm with you, Don? Then, yes, they are charging too much. How their much? their wrap account has a fee of up to two percent, yikes per year, and that does not cover the product fees. That's and the worry. Their product fees can run. It says between one tenth of one percent and one percent. So your total fees and expenses can be as high as three percent. And this is according to Stifles ADV Part Two for their wrap fee, because I don't want anybody saying, well, you just made no. This is what they report to the SEC. And if you woke up in the morning, I guess the question people always ask me, well, should I change? Here's the thing. If you wake up in the morning and you say, well, I could do this or I could do this. Stiefel would not be a place I would go because they're duly registered. They would not be a place I go because they believe in active management. And then, as Don also said, their fees are very high. Therefore, I'm going to look and say, okay, where do I go to get someone who's always acting in my best interest 100% of the time? That is a fee-only registered investment advisor. We have a list of good ones at our website. That's where we think you should start rather than continuing to work with them. Yeah, go to TalkingRealMoney.com slash help, and that's where you find all kinds of information on finding 
a better advisor. And the point Tom was making on that previous program was a good one because there have been more there have been more than one study done of investment advisory firms in the United States. And by investment advice firms, they're including broker dealers, insurance agents who sell investments like annuities, and registered investment advisors. They're all included in that. And in the United States, there are what what was the number? It's about a million of and them. Out of those? Out of those, only ten thousand are always required, always being the key word, always required to act in your best interest. They don't have a carve out where they can eh, kind of not do what's best, do what's okay for you, but not great. And, and they'll always tell you they're a fiduciary. Right. Because always. they be, say that. And you know, it's funny when we started doing this show, just well, I mean, less than 10 years ago, this show, yep, this particular there were very evolution. few people who cared a bit about calling themselves fiduciaries, but we made everybody a lot of knows. noise about fiduciaries, and suddenly everybody is saying, oh, I'm a fiduciary. But the question you must mm -hmm. ask them is, are you always a fiduciary? Always, 100% of the time. Do you ever get a commission for anything? If the answer is, yeah, I do. But I'm still, you know, I, I, you know, mumble, mumble, mumble. I'm trying to make excuses. I'm averting my eyes. I can't look you in the eye because uh, <laughs> I'm lying to you. But yeah, sometimes we get commissions, but this is we're still fiduciaries. Then leave them, leave them, leave them, make them, make. They them. said that about Bernie, by the way. They never looked anyone in the eye. Remember? I think it was in the show. Yeah, it was in the show. Yeah, he never um, yeah, and you know, one strange. of the things that was so fascinating about the Madoff thing, the most fascinating thing of all, was that near the very end of his career in like 2006 career yeah yeah in okay. 2006 the sec did a full-fledged investigation and he went into the sec's office and they said sir we need to see the bank account of the bank where the money's being held we need the trading the list records. of all the people with whom you've traded and he gave them yeah. all this information and he said uh, he walked out the door and he said boy if they check that stuff i'm in You're big done. trouble because yeah, all of it was checked. a lie. They never yeah. checked. And all they'd said was, hey, Bernie, do us a favor. You've been running illegally for like ever. Um, can you just go ahead in 2006, now that you've been doing this for 35 years, and register as an investment advisor with the SEC? So he registered. they let him register, which gave him more credibility, which meant more money poured into the Ponzi scheme. Oh. It is crazy. It, it literally is. And <laughs> it makes for great TV viewing. Not so great if you're an investor. Well, but it that. also makes for the most amazing object lesson. If you think somebody else is going to be looking out for you, if you think because somebody says it who's got a reputation that it's true, if you just blindly believe or blindly believe that someone is going to take care of you should something bad happen, you're fooling yourself. It comes down to you. You must protect you all of the time. I'm sorry. It's hard. It means reading prospectuses. It means calling talking real money. It means doing stuff that's not fun. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey there. Retirement. Retirement. Yeah, nice to meet you. Oh, you think we've met before, do you? <laughs> you got another thing coming. You, you haven't met me. But, but, but you can meet me. 
If you want to meet retirement head on, well, Tom, tell them how they can meet retirement. All you have to do is register for Retire Meet 2023. Coming up Saturday, the 25th of February, includes the great Don McDonald. Paul and Merriman, me, Paul retirement. Me. You'll be there as well. I'll be and there. here's the great news. What? We'd love to see you in person in Bellevue, but very limited seating this year. Very. So get in early. We've already sold out, I think, 20% of the seats. Oh, get the seats. Gosh. Go to retiremeet.com. Early bird special right now. And if you don't want to come see us there, visit us online. It's going to be so much fun. Come on. You know you know, you want to meet me. I know you think you have. You haven't. Go to retiremeet.com. Find out. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.